This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Aloha, y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity, all done in person, and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. Aloha. Welcome to this very special podcast from the Breaking Normal crew. Naveen Jane, second time guest. I was telling Benji, my previous guest, which is so such a good episode, both previous guests that I filmed in Washington, Rafe Kelly, titled My uh, Dad Was Butthole Tanning Before It Was Cool, and Benji Travis, uh, The Secret of YouTube Secrets. Both epic episodes. But I was sharing with uh, Benji that Naveen was probably my interview that I've been the proudest of, and I probably would say that again, potentially. This guy has so much going on. He's consistently and persistently aiming to solve the world's biggest problem. We specifically dive deep into his Viome project where they're doing mitochondrial and gut testing to procure supplements that would specifically be best for you. And on that note of supplements that would be best for you, right in my hand, here is a prototype bottle of the Tribe Vitamins, freeze-dried desiccated bison liver encapsulated so you can microdose on arguably the most powerful animal flesh on earth, supporting the indigenous animals of this land rather than the foreign ones known as cows. There's about 100 million cows to about 400,000 bison, and those 400,000 bison that are on the market, 90-plus percent of them are grain-finished. I so happen to be in contact with a few pioneers that are sticking in grass-finished, free-range bison, and they are my suppliers. And I, part, That was part of my trip to Washington. Benji helped support my Kickstarter. Um, we did some shows, uh, a lot of cool stuff. So I totally trust that this show will offer so much health and wealth of knowledge, uh, specifically if you have anyone in your life or you know anyone that might be dealing with a chronic or stressful dis-ease. Some of the topics that we talk about, including fecal transparency, are definitely something to do some more research on. It's amazing that the, some of the most powerful drugs on the market aren't worth poop, arguably. <laughs> And however, this one, this stuff is some pure mana, this bison liver that I'm holding in my hand. Uh, Deanna's about to come, and I'm going to give her a sample of it because she started the carnivore diet. And really, if you're looking to pre-order the only supplement that has grass-finished bison liver in it only, then go ahead and check out Kickstarter and type in the word tribe vitamins, one word. And even if you don't want to pre-order a bottle, which I would highly recommend, but if you just want to give some fuel to the Kickstarter, just donate a dollar. And that will symbol symbolize uh, less bull and more bison. Less bull and more bison <laughs> liver. <laughs> so anyways, definitely let me know if you have any suggestions or questions about this episode or any of them. Leave them on the uh, iTunes review section. Put a review in there. And that's one of the best ways to pay reverence to the gods of the internet known as algorithms. Who's seen Social Dilemma, by the way? I kind of knew that was happening for years, but it's been a pretty uh, revel re revelatory film for a lot of people. I know people are like getting off social media and stuff. How cool is that? I think any, any media that brings more awareness to the difference between a tool and a weapon, specifically the tool or weapon of social media and our phones and our hands these days, is on my team. So thank you. Thank you. There's been so many good films that come out of Plandemic, the Social Dilemma. Goodness gracious. Thank you all. Thank you all for it. It almost seems like are we potentially going through an Armageddon and an ascension of consciousness simultaneously? Well, you decide. Let me know when you, uh, if this is not the best news you've heard about COVID since 2019, what Naveen shares here. I trust it'll be empowering, enlivening, and I trust it'll catalyze you to keep breaking normal to the highest levels. Much love, peace in, 
looking forward to seeing your review on the iTunes and getting these tribe vitamins into your hands. I'll tell you, my dad, for instance, he's been a pharmacist for already 40 years, and he took them one night, and he told me he could never, no one could ever pay him enough to take them at night against. He was so energized, and then woke up feeling fresh, fresher and younger. And that's not the only amazing testimony I've heard from the few people that have tried these. But we're going to be getting that first batch shipped out soon enough, so get your order in today. And uh, feel free to reach out to me at daniel at breakingnormal.com, not dot .dom, breaking, daniel at breakingnormal.com, and or Instagram message me. I'm probably the most responsive on those two outlets. And uh, yeah, not good luck because, you know, good luck is where hard work, preparation meets opportunity and someone's willing to take action. So keep taking action on your dreams. Keep living lucidly and dreaming awake and breaking normal. Enjoy Naveen. Oh, by the way. Don't, yeah, we got the link set up. He's, if you can find his services cheaper anywhere, let me know. But this should be the cheapest. You can find them publicly. So you can go to um, use the link, the unique vanity URL in our show notes, anywhere podcasts are played, and or use the code BREAKINGNORMAL, capital B, capital N, one word upon checkout. And that should give you the deepest discounts publicly available. And then you will get that amazing data. And now it's time to introduce Naveen and let him tell us all about it. Much love, y'all. Peace in. Aloha, y'all. All right. It's a true honor to be back here with you, by the way. I think we were la- when we first did the podcast and the Breaking Normal podcast, we were at the uh, Bulletproof Conference. That's right. And I remember Dave Asprey. Yes. I remember him specifically looking up to you more than anyone else at the event. I think he even said that. Well, you know, first of all, Dave is a very kind man. So that <laughs> goes without saying. But I think, really, I do remember sitting in a small room there in a breakout room and we doing our po- podcast. And I, I think I could be wrong, but I think that lasted a lot longer than an hour. Oh, that's a good question. We can go back and check it out. And I, I totally love how much you value your time. I mean, you're, if anyone doesn't know who I'm sitting here with, it's Naveen Jain, founder of Viome. And we are here in the office of Viome in uh, Bellevue. Beautiful new space. But um, I judge you and other people that I judge to be successful to be extremely strict about their time like they i would say they value their time more than money well i think it's not it's the partly it is valuing the time your time but partly is valuing the other person's time as well that you know that everyone in this world has things to do and things to contribute and if it's not just about your time you want to value the other person's time as well to make sure that you give them what they need in the minimal time frame that they needed in. And how do you think that carries over to financial success? Because I've heard uh, you do really well. Well, again, the financial success is very rarely is the criteria that I look at the true success of a person. Because the true success of the person really comes from how many lives you really improve, not how much money you may be able to accumulate in your bank account. And that to me is really the key to success is not that you don't make money, it's the, it's the byproduct of doing things that help improve people's lives, right? So if you want to create a massive company, all you have to do is see how many more people's lives can be improved. And if you keep doing that, everything else falls in place. So that means you will create a long-term sustainable company by simply focusing on helping people. If you want to be rich, make everyone who comes around you, if you focus on making them rich, sooner or later you will get them. If you want to be healthy, focus on everyone around you, make them healthy. 
and it really is about the more you are able to focus on others, the more others will focus on you, and you're going to get more of it, many, many more. That makes a lot of sense to me. I love the theory, and I love that you're walking the talk of that. How are you walking the talk of that with the biome? What, yeah, how does this carry over, carry over to biome? And if you didn't check out the first podcast, I believe it's called The Power of Poop with Naveen Jain. <laughs> and um, so just let's hear from Naveen himself. What is biome and how does that project carry over? And what are you doing now since I first interviewed? It's different. Yeah, so first of all, um, Daniel, again, I want to thank you for taking time to come here because it's, you know, in these tough times, it's always no one is traveling and the fact you happen to be here in town and we happen to find time for each other to do that. So thankful to you for doing that. Uh, from our perspective, we really set out with the one simple goal in our life. What if we could create a world where being sick is truly a matter of choice, not a matter of bad time? Because somehow people somehow believe, they're made to believe that their genes, their destiny, they're destined to be sick. Especially as you get older, you have no choice but to be fragile. And aging is something that happens to you without realizing that you actually have control over it. You have control over what happens. Now, you never want to minimize what's happening with COVID today. But if I may say so at the risk of other people getting offended who have been uh, obviously suffered through COVID or have lost the loved ones to COVID. But COVID is the best thing that could have happened to humanity as such. And here's why I say that. It has advanced healthcare at least by a decade. We would have never seen telehealth as a mainstream product offered by Kaisers of the world. They would have never done it for decades to come. And now it has become mainstream where you're able to talk to your doctor on virtually, right? That would have never happened. The other thing that has really changed, which I think is really most important to me is, it used to be that I do what I do. When I get sick, I go to a doctor or a hospital and they take care of me. What COVID has actually taught us is, I don't want to be sick anymore. The last thing I want to do is to get sick and go to a doctor and go to the hospital. And what's happening is we are all realizing the power of health is within us. What, what's, what are we saying? We're saying, what can I do not to be sick? What immune su supplements can I take? Can I wear masks? Can I, can, I wear, uh, so can I do social distancing? Can I protect myself from being sick? And that's the first time where individuals are finding that they actually can become the CEO of their own health. They can actually control the power to stay healthy is within them. And that is the biggest change I see. And that's why I feel that it is possible that one day within the next decade, we could come to a point where each one of us can make a choice. I want to be healthy or sick. And that's what I meant when we started Vion. Imagine living in a world where being ill is a choice. Well, uh, thank you so much for your um, optimism around the current cultural crisis known as COVID yeah. and what that means to humanity and seeing that in such a positive light. I, I mean, I totally agree. For myself, I, it's, I, I got to spend a lot of time with my family. My dad stopped working as a pharmacist for like the first time in 30, 20 years. He had like a whole month off and I spent it with him. It was, it's been such a... I hate to say that, we have three children and they're old. They are now substantially, they all gotten the house out of college. 
and you're lucky once a year if you can get together for a maybe a week if you really be a lucky parent. Guess what? During this quarantine, we spent three and a half months together as a family. Yeah, that's my dad was saying it was arguably the best month of his life. Yeah. And at the same time, there's the fear. There's the fear that's so prevalent, like um, hanging out with people. Yeah. What, what happens if a person has a sore throat the next day? Yeah. How did that impact? Like, it's amazing how maybe I have my own beliefs around that, but I never know how someone in my life that's connected to me will react to that. And I've had some people in a lot of fear, really scared, really hiding, and it's quite disturbing. Um, the most disturbing part of this whole thing for me is with my daughter, her being three and a half, yeah. and her not seeing people's full facial expressions and that being normalized. Yeah. That's the most disturbing thing personally to me. I think that's actually a very good point. I wonder who the kids who are growing up in this new normal, how are they going to grow up to be? Because looking at the facial expression is how child learned what is right, what's wrong, what is good, what is bad. And if they lose that, do we still stay as human as such? Or have we lost what made us human, right? Is to be able to see the expression on your face and I know are you intrigued? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you <laughs> giving you a headache and enjoying it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just the concept of if I walk into a bank, yeah. like a year a year ago, if I walked into a bank with a mask, I would say that would be one of the most dangerous things I could mm -hmm. possibly do. And now it's being enforced upon me. And I, I'm just in awe of how ideas, especially with the internet these days, can shift perfectly personal people like their personal lives in mm -hmm. such an impactful way so fast and in such vast numbers it's amazing well yes so that is really good thing is that the messages are being conveyed from one part of the world to the other part of the world in the fastest possible ways but you know the upside to that is that every single one of us our ideas are no longer geographically bound mm -hmm. if you have a great idea Everyone in the world, the 7.4 billion people can benefit from your idea. It used to be that your brilliant idea could only be used by a local tribe. And that's only people that benefited from your brilliant idea. Now that brilliant idea can change 7 billion people's life, right? So that is just so powerful that any one of us, it doesn't matter where we are. And another bright thing, since we're talking about COVID, the another bright thing of COVID that really happened is, it made the world even more connected and more flatter. In a sense that no longer it is about the geography that I live in is the talent I have access to. Now I can see it doesn't matter whether you are sitting in New York or whether you're sitting you know, farther away in Florida or you're sitting in Seattle or you could be in Bombay or you could be in Beijing. The answer is we are able to now work together. And what that really means to me is you could be born in Malaysia or New Delhi. You have access to the same technology that anyone in the world has. You have access to the same talent that anyone in the world has. And even better, you have access to the same financial resources that anyone else has because capital is not patriotic. Capital goes where the opportunities are. You create a great company in 
make a part of the world, the capital flows there, right? So it's no longer is bound by one thing. That means we as a world has come together as it used to be that I was one of those people who thought, you know, to create a great company, great culture, you have to be together. You have to work in a one single location and that's how your companies are created. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, whatever. I was just interviewing a person who said, well, I don't think I can move from Boston. I said, great, I work from Boston. <laughs> That's true. I mean, and I, you mentioned your three kids, is yeah. that correct? This is a little bit of a curveball that yeah. carries over what we're talking about. Are all them married? Are they all married or not? None of them are married. Yes. So what do you think? How does this carry over no longer geographically isolating our dating pool, for instance? Oh, I would be just curious to hear you. So it's very that. interesting. I have yeah, three kids at 30 years old, who is my oldest son, Angkor, and any, and Sharanam, since we mentioned kids, I'm going to brag about them. You know how they're Please. Oh, I love hearing about so, especially your kids. I want to more. So they are just unbelievable. So this he's on to his third company and he's running the third in parallel, right? So he started a company that's doing completely change, especially in the COVID era, where people who could not afford rent, he said, instead of you, the deposit that is sitting there idle, to get rid of the deposit and put a $5 a month insurance on top of it. So now the landlord is covered and you're able to use your deposit for your rent. Right, so did that, and then he did Sarah, which is a senior care company. He said, Look, if people can't afford to have a nurse because they are at home, could you not Uberize it? So, if you five, six people in the neighborhood can share the nurse, and if you need it, you press the button, the nurse comes to you. And even better, when people are getting laid off from airlines and hotels, he's retraining them as a healthcare worker so they can come to home and help the seniors. Right? Wow. Now starting the third company, which is all around affordability, is the third thing is saying, look, the biggest expense most of us make is paying rents. Mm -hmm. right? And when you pay a rent, no landlord actually takes a credit card. You have to pay them by check or wire. Mm -hmm. So he said, what if we can create a credit card where the landlord gets a full money, you pay by the credit card and you earn the points on that money that you just spent on rent and you can use that money, the points, to be able to put a down payment for your house. So now when you're living, you're able to now use a credit card points to actually make a down payment to own a house for the money that now you would give away anyway, right? So this company that he's starting, I thought it's phenomenal, right? So that kid is 30 years old, third company, already sold one company before to Attender. Graduated from Wharton, started a company, and now he's just going out and doing these amazing things. He's been profiling New Yorker magazine, Wall Street Journal, Inc. magazine, Entrepreneur magazine. The guy just goes out and does things like that. <laughs> that's that, awesome. That sounds like three said that's all from your first child? Yeah. Yes, first of all. This first oldest one, right? Our daughter, as good as he is, she gives him <laughs> run for his money. So she graduated from Stanford, Stanford Mayfield Fellow, Stanford Stamp Fellow, and then she is also a UN ambassador for the girls' education Pagala program, right? Now, she wanted to help women, and she's, her first company she did was to remove the gender bias and hide. Did that for four years, and she now started the, the second company for women's health. Really looking at all the women's health, to preterm birth, to all of the issues that most men just don't think are even valuable, right? To see how can she go out and help women actually live a healthier life. Most data that's collected is about men. All and all trials, drug trials are on men, very right? mm -hmm. few women are involved. So yeah. he's really fo she's focused on women's health, women's issues, right? Our youngest one graduated from Stanford also. Uh, and then he became a Schwarzman scholar, like a Rhodes scholar, went to China, 
and really, you know, now he just graduated this Schwarzman Scholar Masters and he's starting his own company, right? So my three, three kids doing amazing things. Now, in the best part of it is, none of them had to work for a living if they didn't want to. And they are working 18 hour days, seven days a week doing this. And you know why? Because as parents, we told them their self-worth never will come from what they own. It comes from what they create. So they can own a lot, but if they haven't created anything, they're still a parasite on society. And my only rule was, please just don't be a parasite. Mm -hmm. Go do something to move the humanity forward. You are the lucky one who just won the lottery that you don't have to work for a living. Guess what? Use that as a resource to go out and help everyone in the world to be at the same situation that you were born in. Wow, that's some great, I, I would, I take that as great parenting advice, so thank you. You know, thank, I mean, I like you will have the same thing. You are an amazing human being. I mean, I've now known you for many years, and I think I still remember the first time when we met playing games at, uh, oh God, what, what was her name? Oh, oh, yeah, in San Diego, yeah, yes, Mastermind, yeah. yeah. Mastermind, right? So, you know, to me, you were oh, one yeah. of those people who, actually were breaking normal. So I wasn't surprised when you said, let's start. <laughs> yeah, that was really, that was pretty experimental. I appreciate the invite yeah. for that. I was like, let's do it, let's play. Yeah. So I really felt that, you know, people like you would have a chance to be able to change, not just the tribe around you, but millions of people through this podcast and other guests that you talk to is to Take the message of hope, the message of possibilities, the message of the things that are don't seemingly normal. And these people are able to break out of normal and do things that everyone thought was not possible. And what makes them tick? And what lessons can everyone listening to it can get? So they can be like that, right? It used to be that people say, oh, there are certain habits of successful people. And I think you and I have thought in the past, that is such a dumb thing to be thinking that if you behave like someone who is successful, you can become like them. <laughs> and I'm thinking, really never like that, right? If you think like that, you can be like them. But you can never behave like them to be like mm -hmm. them, right? For example, we, you know, Tony Robbins takes ice bath. You can take your ice bath three times a day, you're not gonna become Tony Robbins. I do a lot of ice bath. I do it in the river, but, but it's funny you bring that you example. Can, but it's really the point that you become like Tony Robbins by thinking like mm -hmm. him, not behaving like him. Right? You could follow everything you've done, you're going to pick up like Well, right? what's the best way if someone's like, oh, that's a great point. How do I think like Tony uh -huh. Robbins or Naveen or Daniel or whoever it is, but not try to mimic their behavior that is necessarily? Very simple. You ask them when they look at the problem, what do they think about the problem? How do they attack a problem? So let me tell you how I do it. When I see a problem that looks very audacious, really audacious, really difficult, that most people will say, oh, that can't be done. Mm -hmm. right? Now, if you were to simply change that to say, hmm, what needs to happen for this to be done? What technologies need to be changed or to be developed for this to happen? So we say, oh, we want to live on Venus. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Let's go figure out what needs to happen for us to live on Venus. I mean, let, let, let's go walk through that exercise, right? You say, oh, well, okay. We need to be able to leave Earth to be able to go into the space. Well, I think we, that's called rocket. We did that already, mm -hmm. so done. Well, we have to be able to go from Earth, Earth orbit all the way to Venus. Well, we know how to do that. We've been to Moon, we've been to Mars. We know that technology exists, so we can do that. Well, how about landing on the things when there is very, very little gravity? I think we got seven miles of terror. We know how to do that one. Now comes the part of living on the Venus. Well, how are you going to grow the food on the Venus? Well, I would say that's a bad question. And here's why. Because when you ask the question of how to grow the food, the only solution is to find a way to grow the food. What if you were to just ask a slightly different question to say, why do we eat food? And why do we eat food are two reasons. We need energy and we need nutrition. We say, oh, the energy part, interesting. I wonder, can we get energy from radiation? There are many bacterial species who are growing in the radioactive nuclear waste. How do they survive? They take energy from radioactive waste and actually convert them into usable form of energy. I wonder if we can take a genetic material from them, use CRISPR to modify ourselves, we could use radiation for energy. Mm. Oh wow, look at the plants. They use photosynthesis to get the energy. Hmm, I wonder if we can use that. <laughs> get energy. Now, what type of nutrition do we need? Well, we need hydrogen, we need oxygen. Oh, that's interesting. So if there is a water layer, you got H2O. Well, that problem could be solved. Mm. Right. So my point I'm trying to make is that simply by changing the question of how to grow the food to why we eat food, allowed you to look at all the different solutions that would have never come about if you simply asked the question how to grow the food, right? So, that, so what I did is, now first of all, broken it down into what needs to happen, and now you're coming down to the point of asking the right question. Not having the right answers yet, just simply asking the right questions. Then you go and figure out how to make it happen, mm -hmm. right? So you can take literally any problem, you can solve that. And I apply the similar framework every time I start a new company. So every time I start a new company, I essentially ask myself three questions. And by the reason I'm saying that is every one of you listening to it can do exactly the same thing, right? So this is my seventh venture. Every company that I start is never in the same industry. That means I know nothing about that industry when I start. And I'm gonna go through and walk you through how I go through the process of doing that. So first thing I do is ask myself, why this? Why now? Why me? Right? So why this is the question you have to ask yourself is, God forbid, I am actually successful in solving the problem just set out to do. Mm -hmm. Would it help million people, 100 million people, or billion people live a better life? That is how big is my market? Mm -hmm. And um, if answer to that is, nah, it's not gonna really help a lot of people, then why are you spending a decade of your life doing something that's not gonna move the needle? Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing you ask yourself. Why this? Is this really worth solving? Then you say, why now? Why now is, what had changed in the last couple of years that allows you to either solve this problem or the problem is so new that just got created that nobody could have possibly solved that before, right? COVID happened. You know what, new world. Suddenly the set of possibilities that are now never existed before. So now you can say time is now because what had changed. Or you say, you know, I, when I started Viome, someone applied now uh, in my last healthcare company called Viome, 
how I did that. First question, if I can solve a problem of preventing and reversing chronic diseases, would it help a billion people live a better life? The answer was 7.4 billion people, check mark. Why now? Why now was to solve this problem, you have to be able to digitize the human body, to know exactly what's happening inside your body. That means cost of doing that sequencing, that was $1,000 four years ago, I had to believe that it will come down to $100 in the next couple of years to make it possible. Today we sit here, the cost is $10. So when I thought I was 10 times optimistic, I was actually 10 times pessimistic <laughs> because these things were exponential curve down and I could see the curve was coming down. I didn't even realize how fast it was coming down. The second part of it was we say, look, even if we <clears throat> did that, the second thing that has to happen is how, what am I going to do with all this data? How do you process it? I don't have access to supercomputers. I said, oh my God, look at Amazon, AWS, and Google Cloud, and Azure. They're fighting over this processing power. This has to come down so fast that people's head is going to spin. So when I first started the company, the cost of processing for each individual was $36. Today we sit here at under $2. So that fast, we saw the curve, but we didn't realize, oh my God, the 36 would come down to 10. They realized it would come down to two bucks, right? And that, so in the third part, what oh, we realized wow. to get, if even if you process all the data, who is going to be able to, you know, do anything with that? The AI has to be so powerful that can analyze and find the actual golden nuggets inside them. And we realized that, God, we're developing these neural network where we could run thousands of algorithms and AI is becoming so powerful it can self-learn. We said, timing is now. Mm -hmm. Confluence of all these technology allowed us to say, you know what, time has come for us to solve this problem. The third part is really interesting, which is why me? The why me is, so first thing I do is when I go to a new industry is I read a lot. And when I read, I don't read one book because if you read one book, the author's view becomes your view. Okay. When you read 20 books, now you have 20 different views of that problem. And you get to create the 21st view is by connecting all the dots. And that's what really matters. See, now you have formed a view by listening to everyone and saying, eh, yeah, but I think really what I'm seeing in common is this here. Right. And that's what becomes your view. And now you start to ask yourself and say, if, oh, by the way, if you want to find out what is going to happen five years from now, you don't need a crystal ball. The way I do that is I look at all the scientific papers that are being published because it takes five to 10 years for that thing that's in the lab to come out mm -hmm. in the real world. So if I want to know what's going to come out in the real world, I read the scientific journals. Mm -hmm. So I read natural science. I'm thinking, why do people have these chronic diseases? And at that time, everyone was talking about, oh, there's something to this gut microbiome, there's something in the body, gut microbiome, that causes depression, it causes anxiety, it causes people to have diabetes, it causes people to have autoimmune diseases, it causes people to have cancers and oh, whatever this gut microbiome thing is, there's something happening mm -hmm. there, right? So we said, oh, I'm gonna focus on that. And then realized there are tens of companies doing this gut microbiome test, why is the problem not getting solved? I got to be the moron here, because if everybody believes that's a problem, then there is not the problem. So that means what question are they asking that is different from what you're going to be asking? Because the question you ask is the problem you solve, right? Remember, asking the right question. So what I realized was everyone in the microbiome test was focused on 
finding out what organisms are in my gut or what organisms are when people have diabetes. And I'm thinking, I don't know about this gut organism thing, but these organisms are probably like human beings. There could be thousands of different ones doing exactly the same thing. So you could look at two people who have diabetes, they could have completely different organisms, but still be sick because they're producing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Or what if the two people have the same organism, but they're doing completely different things in different people's gut? And I said, it's probably like me. When I'm at work, I'm an entrepreneur, I go home, I'm a dishwasher. What changed? The environment. <laughs> so I said, what if the same thing happens? The same organism in my gut is making me healthy and making someone else sick. And that could be the problem. So I said, oh, wow. so what we need to focus on is not who is there, but what they are producing. We don't need to focus on people's genes because your DNA. So another thing we saw was everyone was so focused on DNA and genetics. Yep. And I thought, oh my God, how can the DNA actually be solving a problem for chronic disease? And here's why. Your DNA does not change when you develop a disease. So guess what? You do your DNA test. Now you gain 200 pounds. Does your DNA change? Nope. Mm. When you become depressed, you, does your DNA change? Nope. Mm. You get diabetes, does your DNA change? Nope. You get autoimmune disease, does your DNA change? No. So none of the disease change your genes. What does change them? The gene expression. That means what they are expressing is constantly changing, but the genes are not. So what we thought was, what if we can measure the gene expression and forget about the genes? Because Every part of our body from top is identical DNA. Our hair, our teeth, our skin, same DNA. So why don't we have the teeth growing on our head and hair growing in our mouth? Expression. So what really matters is what they are expressing is what matters, not what is there. And the way I explained in my mind was, your genes are like your thoughts. You can have good thoughts and you can have bad thoughts. In fact, you can have all the bad thoughts in the world, unless you express them, there is no crime. So you can think about all the bad thoughts, but just don't express them. And I says, what if the same thing is true for DNA? You can have all the damn bad DNA. If you don't express them, they can all be there. So and that's literally what we started Wyoming. So today, now coming back to answer your question that you were asking, what are we doing now? So we say, look, Let's look at everything that your gut microbes are producing. And then let's look at the host side, how, what human genes are being expressed based on what is happening in your gut. So now we look at all the human gene expression with a few drops of blood. We look at all the mitochondrial gene expression. If you remember the high school biology, the mitochondria is inside our own cell, mm -hmm. provides all the energy to our mm -hmm. cell, right? The powerhouse of the cell. The powerhouse of the cell, right? Mm -hmm. But guess what? It used to be an ancient bacteria inside our cell. It has its own DNA, different from our DNA that we get from our mom and dad. Mm. It has its own DNA, different from the DNA that we are talking about. And different than other people's DNA. Yeah. Meaning that my DNA, my mitochondria is different, different than my than, parents. That's right. It's and your mother's DNA. That? It's your mom's I, DNA. I don't know if I knew that. So mitochondria <laughs> comes from your mom. It okay. comes from your egg. Okay. Not from the dad. Oh, okay. Right? Whereas the, uh, the Human DNA is actually mixed of your mom and dad, mm -hmm. but the mitochondria is maternal. Mm. Right? Microbiome that you start out with when you're a baby, it actually is your mom's dad. And when you go through the birth canal, that's literally you can soak and inhale and eat and drink mm -hmm. through the birth canal, mom's. 
So if you turn out to be awesome, thank you, awesome. <laughs> and then what about, how does that apply to C-section babies, for instance? Yeah, it's just a problem, man. So there is a lot of research that shows the baby that are born with C-section, they end up developing lots of chronic diseases, especially allergy and eczema, mm. because they are exposed to the skin microbiome, not to the gut microbiome that you go through the birth canal. Oh, wow. Right? So, um, uh, so anyway, so point, um, yeah. I think, so point is what we're doing is really looking at the human body at a holistic level. So if you look at the human body, it's like a, a donut, right? There's a tube that goes through us, right? So we look at the top of the tube, which is your saliva. So interesting is there are more variety of organisms in our saliva than actually is in our gut. Huh. Even though there are 10 times more organisms, 39 trillion of them sitting in our gut. 39 trillion, think about it. Our gut, our mouth doesn't have as many, but the more variety of them. Okay. So more okay. diversity, All right. right? When your mom told you to chew your food, mm -hmm. that was the best scientific thing she could have told you. Because remember, when you're chewing your food, your oral microbiome start to digest. Yeah, right. yeah, I remember that too. Salivary amylase, specifically. Yeah. 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 Then when it goes into your gut, now rest of the stuff starts to get not only upper intestine starts to absorb what you got oral microbiome produced, and then it starts to go into your colon and it starts to get fermented, and the gut microbiome starts to use the fiber that cannot be digested by the human beings. And then it produces good things like short chain fatty acids, right? Mm -hmm. And all this stuff are nutrients our body needs. So we are literally are a symbiotic ecosystem with hundred trillion of these microbes and a little bit of human DNA sprinkled onto mm -hmm. them. So we basically live in their world for their benefit, and they you know, and we carry them around so we can spread them around everywhere. We poop around and we spread them everywhere, right? That's literally why they created us, right? For the spread of these organisms, right? And they've been around for about three and a half billion years. Oh, microbes have been around for three and a half billion years. The humans have given or take up a hundred thousand years. So we are pretty new to their world. I mean, they they have been around. They've seen things like us come and go. They've seen dinosaurs come and go, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes it. This is a getting me to want to ask about your like religious beliefs, basically. Because it's, it's an interesting way to think about. Yeah, so interesting thing is, you know, if you look at from a, a religious or a spiritual or pick a name you want to this world, we as humans or we as animals or plant, you know, is not what we see. We look like we are somehow this solid human being like this table here we see. We know better than that. We know there are a bunch of atoms inside there. Atoms have electrons and protons and neutrons and they have quarks and at the end of the day they're just waveforms. So literally we are all bunch of waveforms here, bunch of waveforms here and all the waves are all connected. So we are really part of the universal consciousness. We are simply the manifestation of that consciousness. When we say what happens when we die, dies what? Mm -hmm. That energy is preserved, it just gets converted into different form of energy, right? These are basic principles, right? So point I'm trying to make is that the idea of birth and death is simply about the atoms is dispersing and coming together. Mm -hmm. But there's not like something else is changing here. They just simply change the forms. So when we die, dissipate. Interestingly, in the Eastern religion, the creator of life is called Brahma. Mm -hmm. And if you notice ever Brahma, 
Where does the Brahman come from? The male. Gut. What they are saying is life starts in the gut. Right? And what if that is what we call soul? That when we die, this is soul never dies. It simply changes the body. The microbes simply go from one human being to another human being. They right? So it's literally when we start to think about in their world, you know, we as humans have this tendency to believe that the world revolves around us, right? People thought the earth is the center and the sun and everyone it revolves around earth. When Galileo the first time said, you know, that may not quite be true, he was stoned. He, people thought he was crazy. How could he think the earth is not the center? We could be revolving around the sun. Now imagine the same thing is happening here. When we at here look at ourselves, a couple of interesting things I find. We say climate change. What do people say? I am really worried about our planet. Mm -hmm. Right? And I ask them, really? You're worried about the planet? <laughs> I say, do, do you know that? that you need to worry about the human species because just this planet will do just fine. In fact, if we completely fucked up this uh, carbon dioxide and carbon, all I can tell you, the human species is going to just die. The planet will do just fine. As a matter of fact, if you remember the last time that happened, we got hit by a large asteroid. Dinosaurs were substantially larger to each. Mm -hmm. All dinosaurs died. Planet not only survived, it thrived. As a matter of fact, it created human beings just for the sake of it. So think about it. It created a, a super intelligent being from a thing planet that we thought was going to die because dinosaurs died. Now, interesting thing what COVID, we learned from COVID is, in fact, if human species dies, this planet actually might just even thrive. When we were quarantined, you notice the green green yeah, right. You could see the blue sky in LA. Mm -hmm. yeah. The animals were coming out on the road. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I was, I'm in Boulder and I, they were all of a sudden mountain lions were showing up in town. Right? So my point is, when we start to worry that we are worried about the planet, I'm sorry, don't be that egotistic. You. <laughs> I totally agree. I, I remember, I don't know if you've ever seen the, I think it's the George Carlin skit about the uh, saving the planet. Have you ever seen no, that? No. Oh, he's very similar. Yeah. He's like, plastic? You think the Earth's worried about plastic? It'll shake humans off like a bad case of fleas if it wants to. That's exactly my point. Is that we are so egotistic. Coming back to Wyoming, we believe it is us that is in control of these microbes, we can control them like crazy. You don't realize they are the one who are controlling us, right? In fact, now there is clear evidence that even the addiction, so there was really interesting research that came out about a month ago. They took the people who were seriously addicted to alcohol. Mm -hmm. And they actually did a fecal transplant on them. In a clear word, put as somebody else's poop and someone mm -hmm. else's poop, and they're basically changing the microbiome of the gut. They, they, they actually stopped drinking. They did not feel like drinking alcohol. Oh, wow. Now, think about what that means. They are making us crave the food that they want. They're making us do the things they want. Right? They change our behavior. They change who we are as a person, right? <laughs> and now you think it's a crazy idea, but we know the dogs. 
What happens when they catch a rabbi? When they catch a rabbit, you said? Yeah, no, rabbi. Bad wives. Oh, um, oh, the rabies. The yeah, rabies. Yeah, rabies. Oh, yeah, they fill them with their mouth. And, and they, and they bite. bite. Yeah, they want Why bite. is that? So, the so my point is that yeah, this virus yeah. actually changes their behavior, isn't it? Yeah. So why is it so hard to believe that changing our behavior? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I've heard about these uh, fecal transplants. I had never heard it in the context yeah. of curing alcohol addiction. But they did it for autism. So they took 18 kids who had autism, and after fecal transplant, even after two years, half of them had bad, bad outcomes. I mean, what I immediately think of is like, let's say if someone's having an issue craving uh, fast food, yeah, yeah. and then are, are, is it? Am I understanding that there could be a theory developing here that if you take the fecal yeah, yeah. matter from, say, a long-term yogi yeah, vegetarian yeah, yeah, yeah. and put it into that fast food yeah, eater, yeah. that they might become more like <laughs> the cravings of that the vegetarian is that it's really interesting that you know what another very interesting thing here is even us just very simple let's assume you eat a dessert every day mm -hmm. a couple of times a day mm -hmm. what happens if you don't eat it seven days high willpower don't eat it eight days you don't even feel like it anymore. yeah pretty much that's why it. is that I don't think you just kill off the bacteria that are creating That's what I'm kind of hearing here. Yeah, but my point is, think about what is going on there. They are literally controlling our behavior just like rabies virus did for the dog. They bite. You know why they bite? To spread the virus. Yeah. Right? So my point is, it is the these organisms have a power. Remember, a gut-brain axis. Our gut is connected to our brain through the CNS system, the vagus nerve, mm -hmm. right? And that's literally how they control our brain, right? Now they have shown that in fact, Alzheimer is an infectious disease that comes from the microbes infecting the blood-brain barrier, going into the brain, and then our glial cells are actually releasing amyloid beta to protect itself. Now they see the Parkinson's starts in your gut 15 years before you see the first symptom, right? All that to show mm. that once you understand the human biology like we are doing, so we launched a test called health intelligence, where we look at the host, we look at the gut, and then we tell you what is happening in your body. Here are the foods you should eat and why. Here are the food you should avoid and why. Other thing that I was just telling that we started now, is now we say, oh, based on your body, you need 22 milligram of lycopene, you need 11 milligram of elderberry, you need 17 milligram of curcumin, and guess what? All the, every single ingredient your body needs, whether it is a probiotics, whether it's a prebiotics, all the enzymes, all the food extracts, everything you need, we literally make those capsules for you on demand, just for you. Every single yeah, person. Ridiculous, that's profound because when I interviewed you last time, the yeah. test was in just case anyone's yeah. really I'm trying to understand this and yeah. they don't have any idea. I basically sent a poop sample yeah. and it gave me my micro yeah. Yeah. Uh, microbiome yeah. results and then it gave me foods not yeah. to eat yeah. and now to eat. Now you're saying if I order a kit, yeah. I can do that along with the blood test, yes. and then not only will I get the food list yeah. to avoid and yeah. to eat, that I can order supplements that are. Design. Directly designed for my situa situation. For, yeah, made that day for you and you only. And every month, as your body changes, we adjust the supplements for you because it's all robotics. It doesn't matter to us what. If you need 33 milligrams, we put the 33 milligrams there. That's amazing. Right? And that's <laughs> the first time that that's the power of technology is 
not only personalization, so precision. That's why they call precision supplements, right? We precisely make them for you, right? And to me, that's the beauty of the thing is that technology is allowing us to live in a world where the world can be catered to us. That means we eventually become the center of the universe for ourselves. Wow, I mean, I, I, I want to try the new service. How, uh, it, so if someone else is interested, then I think what, we had a link, uh, breaking on link, I don't know if y'all are doing it's discount. Still, yeah, same, same, All yeah, right. yeah, discount, yeah. So if they want the best deal, yeah. they can go to viome.com slash breaking normal. We'll set it. that up, so we, how about this? Anyone who goes to viome.com uh, and enter the code breaking normal, you would get a discount and I'll figure it out with you okay. in terms of how to get that. But everyone listening to it, you go there, you're gonna get the discount. And then they'll get and they order it and this kit comes to their mail. Yes. And then they deliver it back and yeah. then they get the results. That's, that's, that's right. And, and then the, they have the supplements. That's right. Well, you wow, can get wow. your results on the phone, you know exactly what that's you need, what ridiculous. you don't need, and you can order your own supplements. And by the way, everything, every enzyme, every probiotics, every prebiotics, everything you need and nothing don't, you don't try. So our whole uh, religion there, motto is just what you need and nothing that you don't. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for breaking normal in such a big way and all your breaking normal perspectives. They're very, uh, they, they, they give me, like you said, mentioned like instilling hope in many people. And it gives me a more positive outlook for things that I think many people feel negative about. Um, so thank you for being a pioneer in positivity and limitless thinking and especially this project right here i'm excited to try it i want to i want to see the new results because i've been trying all different type of things in my diet so this seems like a fun way to um, refine the experimentation and first of all you know it's working or not working my point is data doesn't lie so of all the experiments you have done eating the bison liver and elk liver mm -hmm. you will know very soon is it really doing good for you or bad for you mm -hmm. by the way we also give you things like your biological age now so we give you not only your gut health, we give you in immune system health. So how well are you being protected from flu, cold, or God forbid, COVID? Mm -hmm. Your cellular health, your mitochondrial health, and then we give you a biological age now. It's pretty easy to see in me being a young guy, 61 year old. <laughs> Actually, it turns out that even though I'm chronologically 61, my biological age is 49. Now that's a, I, I, that's a, such a fun idea. What if what if someone gets the biological age and they're like, oh my gosh, they're like twenty and it says like they're seventy. What does someone do with that data? And what they do with the data is to actually tell you why your biological age is higher. And here is what you need, need to do. Here are the scores. And for every score, we tell you here is what you need to do. Don't eat this food. Eat this food. Mm. Take the following supplements. Wow. Right. Wow. Well, this is just brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm so, so thankful to be here again. I'm looking forward to next time. And yeah, I'm so excited for the people that give this a go so that we can compare the process, the results, and uh, man, to be continued. To be continued. I'll be excited to see what's next for you. All right. Like, like and and he, by the way, make sure that he posts his biological age. Oh, the thing. Man, there we go. That's, that's, that's. <laughs> Genius. Oh, you, you what about just a final question yeah. to circle back your kids and the yeah. dating pool being yeah. expanded? That you, I don't know if I it is really the one that I actually worry about them, hmm. right? Because in the world today, when they cannot meet in physical world, they have to really say, Is it really worth the COVID risk? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've heard about. It. I wonder how they. I need to like interview the uh, founder of um, Tinder. Yeah. See, see what he thinks about all this. Yeah. How this is affecting that yes. world. 
Well, thank you, Naveen. And who knows, maybe I'll uh, get to interview some of your other members here. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Keep breaking normally, y'all. Peace.